From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry and I are both lucky enough to work a lot in college football. And one thing that you hear all the time in college football is the eye test. Sometimes when you can't explain why a team is great and when the metrics just don't give it enough emphasis, great minds will sit back and say, look, you just have to trust the eye test. If you were watching last night, no matter what the final score was, the eye test told you Denver not only dominated, but they made it easy in the process. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance, and we continue to bring you all the expertise we can, breaking down Game 1 of the NBA Finals. As you know, Game 2 will be Sunday. You can listen to that on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Make sure your family is well taken care of with life insurance. Protect your phones, your laptops, and more with electronic device insurance. And cover your furry friends with pet health insurance like I do with Annabelle. Love you, babe. All right. So uh, this is my constant. I just Annabelle sits at home and listens to this show, and I know her ears just perk up because she's like, oh, I hear my dad's voice. All right. Kendrick Perkins joining us now, ESPN NBA analyst. Perk, love that we get to talk to you today because as a big man, give me your big man eyes on what you saw from Jokic last night and how he does what he does. Well, you know what? It was effortless, and it wasn't nothing, anything forced. And most importantly, what I saw out of Jokic – was the trust that he had in his teammates. Um, early on, he wasn't aggressive and didn't have to be looking for his own shots. But I thought he did a great job of losing himself in the team in the first quarter and letting Jamal Murray along with Aaron Gordon cook because he saw, along with the Denver Nuggets, that that was working. And then throughout the course of the game, he picked and he picked and chose his spots when to attack and be aggressive and put the ball in the basket. Now I will say this, Perk. I think someone else that was phenomenal in that game was head coach Michael Malone, and what he was able to do before the game in emphasizing to his team that Miami had won each of the, their game ones on the road throughout these playoffs. How much is, you know, how much is that that effort to make sure that your team understands that getting off to a fast start against a team like Miami, who's also gotten off to a fast start, is important and also tone-setting? Oh, it, it was great because part of coaching is motivation. And part of motivation is at times you have to give your team those friendly reminders that, hey, this team is serious and they approach game ones like they approach games, like people approach game sevens. So let's not go into this game into a fill-out series. Let's make sure we know that this team is coming out and we need to hit harder. And they did exactly that. Um, and it was the right message and it was the right time to actually deliver the message um, right before they broke off and was getting ready to run on to the court. Great job by Mike Malone. Hell of a job. So then, Perk, just walk me through from the player. If you're on Miami's team and you're watching everybody just keep missing from the outside, what do you say to guys in that situation where nobody's hitting anything? No, you just keep grinding. And if you notice, even though they were in shooting slumps, Denver could never push the lead all the way through and just 
make it a, a, a game where you want to turn the TV off because Miami just kept fighting back. You know, whether they cut it to nine, six, you know, cut down the 20-point lead and got it to 10 with enough time to go and saying, oh, one more stop, and then all of a sudden Mike Malone will have been forced to, to, to call a timeout. But overall, you just got to keep pushing. Um, you know, when you miss shots, the Heat are so mentally strong, I thought they did a great job of staying in the game. Now, I will say this. Last night, Eric Spolcher, and, and, and I believe Eric Spolcher is the best coach in basketball, I do. Uh, I thought he waited too late to go to some of his vets and not go to one of his vets at all. And that was Kyle Lowry and Kevin Love. Uh, game one of the finals on the road to young guys, that's a different experience. And Max Strews, along with Kayla Moy, when you see those guys struggling, you might have to lean towards guys that have been there before and wanted and been in these situations, and you might need to lean on your vets a little bit more earlier in the game to let those guys go to the bench and actually settle down and pull it all in. But overall, I thought that he kept competing. They never let Denver make it where it was going to be a 30-point game, which was a plus. They finally got something out of BAM. But overall, Denver, Denver team, man, they're really, really great. Uh, defensively, disciplined. Offensively, man, they moved the ball. Michael Porter Jr., his growth on both sides of the floor has been tremendous. We, ha- we, we forget. You remember three years ago, I believe it was, in the bubble, when Michael mm-hmm. Porter Jr. basically called out Mike Malone about you know, mm-hmm. offense being too predictable and running through Jamal Murray and Jokic. Like, and look at them now, though. Look at them now. I mean, that's the growth in players, man, trusting and having a relationship with your coach. So credit to the Denver Nuggets, man. They played phenomenal basketball last night on both ends of the floor. Jokic was Jokic. Uh, but the Heat, they walked out of that game with, you know, some things that said, hey, we cleaned up a couple areas. All we're looking for is, is the game to be real close going into the fourth quarter, five or less. And, but, Perk, I want to stay with the Miami Heat and Kevin Love, to be exact. If Kevin Love is in this starting lineup, do you think that would help the Miami Heat be able to defend Aaron Gordon so he's not getting matchups where he has Gate Vincent on him and, have, and would have 12 points in the first quarter? Bingo. And I thought Eric Spolster should have went back to that. You got to remember, K. Love was in the start lineup in the Milwaukee series and the Knicks series. Go back to your two big lineup, put Kevin Love on Jokic, and I know K. Love is not going to stop Jokic. Nobody can, but he's smart enough to make him work. He's he knows the game enough to be disciplined, and Jokic is going to make plays and make shots. That's just who he is. Now all of a sudden, you could put Bam on Aaron Gordon. And now Aaron Gordon don't have those easy duck ins around the basket or low post uh, uh, post ups that he was getting, and now Bam is able to be a Rome guy, which would limit the the paint the point paints for the Denver Nuggets. So I think Eric Spoelstra will go back to that. I think he also need to play the kid Hosman. I like what I've seen out of him. High motor, very versatile on the defensive end. Has to slow down a little bit, but overall he came in. 18 points off the bench and was ready when his name was called. So, Perk, did you see anything in game one that changed your mind about what you think will happen in this series overall? 
No. No, I still got the Heat winning. I think it's going to be tough. But I believe that they could actually get it done. It's not going to be easy. Hell, they've been the underdogs in every series they've been in this season. Uh, so this is nothing new. And for us, them handling adversity, this is a team that's been handling adversity since the play-in tournament. So this is nothing new as well. You lose game one on the road, so what? You got an opportunity to go in game two. You should be adjusted to the altitude. Coach Sposa will make adjustments. Jimmy Butler, I believe, will play better. And so you go in and let the chips fall where they may. Well, that's what I want to ask you next. What were your thoughts on Jimmy Butler and his lack of aggressiveness in an NBA Finals game one? I I don't like it. I don't like it at all because in game one, again, when you're on the floor with Gabe Benson and Caleb Martin and Max Strews, you got to set the tone early by being aggressive and let them follow. And I get it. Jimmy is the one that he's unselfish. He's going to play within the system. But sometimes you need to break the system and go take it by charge, especially, like, on the road. Um, but I believe we know Jimmy, right? We can't doubt him. I mean, he's given us every reason not to. So I believe he's going to come back more aggressive. And also, look, they have to do a better job of creating switches and getting him the matchup that he wants. Uh, Aaron Gordon, I don't believe, is the matchup, although he shot three or four from the field. But it was a lot of times he couldn't even get a shot up because of Aaron Gordon's size and length. So, in my opinion, they got to make sure they put Jimmy in the right positions. But he just didn't look comfortable. Even some of the mid-range shots that he did take, he didn't pull up with those shots like he, he knew he knew that's what he'd do. You know, it was almost like he was leaning forward or kind of indecisive on, you know, like it just didn't look like Jimmy. And one thing we know, it don't take long for Jimmy to correct himself, hold himself accountable, and bounce back. I believe he will. As always, Burke, we appreciate your time and your friendship, man. Thanks for hanging out with us and giving us the great info. All right. All right thank you. That's at Kendrick Perkins. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, Perk, getting you everything you need to know, ESPN NBA analyst. All right. We're, we've got more to break down on this game, obviously, and we're going to continue to do so. But Tom Brady actually spoke yesterday, and he answered every single question there is about his future. The real question is, why won't you believe him? We'll break it down next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This is Fitz and Harry. We used to practice it Saturday mornings in our walkthroughs and stuff, and I had a, a little package. You had a little, little package? Did, little did they know. Harry Douglas got a little oh, package? At that time, I had a little package. <laughs> <laughs> at that time, I'm all grown up now, baby. I'm all grown up now. <laughs> I think Evan Producer has now quit the show. Get it out, get it out. This is Fitz and Harry's Love Friday. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas just pulled out a rubber band. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. <laughs> We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Woo! You know what? You're getting ready for an epic night, obviously, in Atlanta 
Uh, late tonight, I will be flying across country to Las Vegas. Tomorrow, I will wake up. I figure I'm gonna get like I'm gonna land in Vegas around midnight, which is you know, uh, 3 a.m. Be, by the time I get to my room, it'll be about 4 a.m. Eastern time. I'll crash. I'll wake up early tomorrow. Be be ready, ready and ripping to go to get to uh, to get Stop all. Stop right okay. there. Mm-hmm. Stop right okay. there. I got stopped. Okay. You land about midnight West Coast time. 1 a.m. by the time I get to the hotel. Yeah, 1 a.m. And you said you're going to crash? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be 1 a.m. Don't you ever disrespect Vegas and the Vegas lights like that again. I mean, it it seems like that's a little late to get the party started. You sleep on the plane. You go to the casino floor immediately. Get yourself a drink. Have a night. Okay. Have yourself a night. You know what? I'm going to text both of you at 4 in the morning with me with some sort of a frozen cocktail because it feels like a frozen cocktail sort of trip. And, uh, you know, Fat Tuesdays has those frozen cocktails that, man, like, you want things to get weird, you just drink a couple of those Fat Tuesday you, things. Ooh. You're from I Vegas. would actually be up at 5. I'll be up at 5 tomorrow. I got to go, uh, go get a haircut. Basically be so. at the same time. You're acting like the party doesn't start. That's when it starts. That's no, not when exactly. it starts. I know that, but I'm coming from East Coast time. Like, I've got to account for the fact that it's three hours later. Oh, before, we're sorry, Grandpa. I mean, I will be 46 tomorrow. Like, that, it hits different at that age. I'm telling you all, I need sleep. Okay, fine. I'll rage a little bit, and then I'll, I'll wake up. Uh, you know, probably by noon, and then uh, they, they're doing a huge festival down outside the uh, outside of T-Mobile. So there's going to be like street performers in a band, and there's going to be like swag, and uh, I, there's a concert of some sort happening outside. Uh, there's going to be free tattoos. Uh, only Golden Knights logo tattoos. So I'm going to pass on a free tattoo, even though you know uh, there's certainly plenty of uh, I got plenty of tattoos. But there'll be a big performance, like uh, a whole thing going on tomorrow. Before you know, you know I what I'm telling this, you? Oh, okay. Do not go in the hotel room and go to sleep because, bro, we work so hard. That is true. Like all the time. That is true. And we don't celebrate as much because we are constantly grinding all the time. So when you have time to do it. Do it, man. Yeah, no, Just do it. You're not you're not wrong. And uh, I, I think, you know, you've talked me into it, but I got to be good for the next day. I did make a decision. You know, uh, Bruno Mars is playing Saturday night in Vegas right next to where I'll be. I just think what? I'm going to pass on that, though, because I'm going to be too – uh, look, y'all, I'm not going to be in a state where after the game – like the game's at 5 p.m. Pacific time. I'm going to be – just a D-runk, like D-runk. I shouldn't stumble into a Bruno Mars concert, Bruno Mars concert D-runk. I should be able to stand up before I well, go Well, you know what? Look, look up this, though, because I don't know if Usher is still doing his concert stuff out there. No. If he is playing, you must go see his Vegas show. It is a must-see. It's like a bucket list thing. You have to go see it. Okay. I, uh, noted. I will now uh, I will now put that. They're also going to be giving away onesies to newborns. I don't I don't have a newborn, but, you know, the night's young, so we could just see it's, where things You'd be for sure the first person to stumble into a Bruno Mars concert a little uh, a little drunk, for sure. You'd be the first or, or, or one. Or would be the, uh, no, no, there's a difference. wouldn't be the first person that stumble into a newborn baby. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, <laughs> by the way, it's a Lil John concert outside uh, on the plaza for free. Lil John what? concert. I'm going to go out there. What? All right, so... Uh, uh, things are going to get wild for me in Vegas. Things are not going to get wild for Tom Brady in Vegas. Why? Because he's not going to play. Now, I, we put it up on social media. I've broken this down a million times. I've told you why it would take a change in the bylaws and the NFL rules. I've double-checked that with my sources. I, I stand by all of that. It's impossible for him to play. But even more importantly is he's not going to play because he's done with football. If you don't believe me, this is what he said. I was very fortunate to play 23 incredible NFL seasons. So I think there's always a time to 
move on to other things and other opportunities. And uh, I think for all the NFL players out there that are preparing for the season, I know how much of a grind it is. I know the level of commitment it is, and it's really a year-round process. So if I was going to play football this year, I'd be working entirely different than the way I am now. Right now, I'm catching up on some other priorities, which are much needed. And uh, I'm really looking forward to not getting hit anymore and transitioning to other areas of interest. So uh, I got some fun things on the horizon. He also, yeah. Harry said this, quote, I'm certain I'm not playing again. So I've tried to make that clear. And I hate to continue to profess that because I've already told people that lots of times. That was told to Sports Illustrated in response to a question about fans and media who continue to come up with scenarios that could put it back on the field. Again, I'm certain I'm not playing again. So I've tried to make that clear. And I hate to continue to profess that because I've already told people that lots of times. He's making it clear, Harry. Yeah, and I think like when he says things that he, he's focusing on priorities, right? Family is a priority. And, and I'm pretty sure he's enjoying his time with his family at the moment. And you also got to look at how his last year ended, man. It's not like uh, things were just a walk in a park for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady when he was there. Like there were so many different things going on from so many different directions. And I'm pretty sure at this time in this stage in his life, he wants to move on to other things, enjoying life. We just talked about it, Fitz, with me and you, being able to, you know, enjoy time when we're not working because we do work so much, right? And we love what we do and we love working, but we also have to compartmentalize and, and allow ourselves and Tom as well, space to enjoy the fruits of our labor and enjoy life. I think with all of that being said, you're so right, and it hits me what's so broken sometimes about the world we live in. Once people have made up their mind that something is going to be a certain way, think about it. I can sit here and tell everybody what the rules of the NFL are and why it won't happen. Tom Brady can sit in front of a microphone and say, I don't want to play. And the problem is if somebody's decided that's not their truth – then they simply don't believe it. Say, well, you know, he said that before. He'll change his mind. Well, you know, it still can happen this way. I don't know what else we can do. Like, this is one of the weirdest things about the modern culture that we live in. You can sit down and give somebody all of the actual facts, and you can sit down and you can look somebody in the eye and say, I'm not going to play anymore. And there's still going to be a group of people that are saying, well, you know, you just never know. He's going to get that itch and we'll see. He could come in. I, it's impossible to defend it. It's impossible to talk about it because, frankly, if you have dug in, not you particular, but those people that have dug in, that have decided this is their reality, will not accept the facts and they will not accept Tom Brady's words the hell's the point like how do you even manage to talk to that person well anymore? you mean i can actually tell people that i love fried chicken and they can take that and say that i love salmon you mean that can actually happen out yeah. here Fitz? Out <laughs> i can tell streets? them millions of times that i love fried chicken and they can take that as you know what you really like salmon I, no the hell i don't i, I don't like fish only seafood I eat is shrimp. I love fried chicken. <laughs> I, I love like the fact that Tom Brady has said, I hate to continue to profess that because I've already told people that lots of times. He's frustrated. I don't know how many times you can tell somebody, this is my truth. And, you know, on a much different level, how many times can I tell people, I don't want to be in the music business anymore? Like, that's just, that's just, at some point, you have your truth, right? And, like, yeah. Tom is telling us, and the details are telling us, and people still won't accept it. There's nothing we can do. As I say all the time, well, he, you can't he, fix stupid. He's also in this in, in a comfortable space where he can continue to say it too. You know what I mean? Because he's 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 been able, I think, recently to detach himself from Tom Brady, the football man, right? So in doing that, 
you can profess it time after time after time over and over again. And it doesn't matter what other people think about you. You know the truth inside and what's in your brain. Yeah, Tom Brady, the businessman's making plenty of money and telling Tom Brady, the football man, just to sit back, relax, and uh, enjoy the fruits of his labor. We will continue to break it down if we get any new news. But guess what, guys? We won't because the truth has been spoken. Just book it. All right, the story about the Nuggets has been about Nikola Jokic. Well, what about their Robin? We'll ask someone who's embedded himself with the team next. But first, Harry has to tell you this about FanDuel. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. The finals on ESPN Radio. The Oak is near the high post, back to the basket, up top to Jamal. Gets a good look, top side three, and buries another eight for 12 in the first half. The best players in the world historically don't have to score to impact the game. And that's exactly what we witnessed him doing. Just a brilliant, brilliant passer and climbing the charts as one of the truly all-time great players in the history of this game. I'll be honest, it didn't surprise me to see the Nuggets win. It didn't surprise me to see the Nuggets win convincingly, and it didn't really surprise me to see Jokic be Jokic. But I think most of us were surprised that early on, the star of Game 1 in the Nuggets' win over the Heat was actually Aaron Gordon. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're going to break down game one, not just Aaron Gordon, but all of it, with some help from ESPN NBA reporter Om Young Masuk. Om, always appreciate your time, my friend. Uh, I just mentioned Aaron Gordon going off was a surprise to me. How much of it was a point early on in their game plan for them to get him involved? I mean, it, it looked pretty clear. It was almost like, um, you know, they knew they, this was, they knew they were going to take advantage of a mismatch, and they went to it. And what I liked was, they really didn't switch away from it um, because, like, they have a free-flowing offense. And the way it works in Denver is you want a lot of people to touch the ball. Yes, Nikola Jokic has the ball in his hands most of the time and Jamal Murray. But when they're at their best, that ball is moving. But I really like that they took advantage of this mismatch. They saw Aaron Gordon, you know, who, who listen, he, he's kind of been a forgotten man in this offense since he was traded here from Orlando. Um, it basically kind of became a defensive stopper and a guy who just kind of plays off Jokic and Murray. And, you know, on this night, they went to him offensively, and it was old-school bully ball. He took Max Struess inside, gave Vincent inside, and he six of eight shots, and he had like 12 points, and I think he set a physical tone right from the get-go. And I think it was kind of like, you know what, Miami Heat, if you're going to take away Nikola Jokic from us, and Jokic only takes five shots in the first three quarters – we're going to beat you in other ways. We're going to find the mismatch. And then soon after that, the Heat kind of had to switch Jimmy Butler onto Aaron Gordon. So I like that. I mean, everybody kind of went into the series talking about how great Eric Spolster is, and all of that is true and earned and deserved. But I think Michael Malone kind of came in and, and showed, hey, I can do a little coaching too. Yeah, it kind of set the tone for the Denver Nuggets in that game one. But let me ask you this. Is it possible that the greatness of Jamal Murray is being overshadowed by Jokic 
the teammates, you know, they're always asked what it's like to play uh, with Jokic. But how do you feel about playing with Murray? Well, how do they yeah, feel about I mean, playing with Murray? Absolutely. I think what we're seeing from Jamal Murray, um, you know, I think maybe because he was so good in the bubble and maybe that set a type of standard. If he doesn't have 50 points every night, people are just kind of like, ah, you know what, another 35-point game for Jamal Murray, ho-hum, you know. Another 26-point game for Jamal Murray, ho-hum. But, like, this guy, he just continues to put up numbers. And I think last night what you saw from him in his NBA Finals debut was he scored like 18 of his 26 in the first half. And if you try to take him away, okay, I'm going to control the game with my passing. And he had 10 assists. And so I, I, it, he's just so solid, and he can kind of get a shot when he wants to, especially when he's coming off the screen from Nikola Jokic. He doesn't need much breathing room or space to get a shot off, and he still can create his own shot. It's interesting. I watch him in his warm-ups, and a lot of times – when players go through warm-ups, they have an assistant coach who's kind of like passing the ball to them all the time. And about halfway or three-quarters through his workout, the guy, the assistant that he's with, kind of just um, shakes his hand and walks off and does them. And then the rest of the workout is Jamal Murray just working on his little steps, his moves. And Shinobon, yes, he has somebody rebounding the ball for him, but everything is just basically him working on his moves and his steps. And so I think a lot of that, you know, he can get his one-on-one shot off at any time. But when you have Nikola Jokic screen for him, too, and there's so much defensive attention on Nikola Jokic, it just makes him that much more dangerous. And I think you're seeing his greatness come out. He loves the stage, and he was intent coming into this postseason. He told me in a sit-down interview that Bubble Murray was kind of like a, a little bit of annoyance because he felt like people were talking about him as if that was the best you were ever going to see of Jamal Murray. And he was like, to me, that was just the beginning. We're talking to Ohm Young Masuki, ESPN NBA reporter. So, Ohm, everyone's talking about the heat and their adjustments, but what adjustments do you think the Nuggets are going to make going into game two? So I asked Michael Malone this last night, like, what did you think about the heat kind of making that run, cutting a, like a 21-point lead or 24-point lead down to like 9 and 10 uh, late in the fourth quarter? And he said it was definitely expected, but we know they're going to come with even more in game two. I think what Michael Malone's going to look at is he, he kind of felt the offense got a little stagnant um, in that second half, and especially in that fourth quarter. I think the heat zone might have bothered them a little bit, and then Nikola had, had to really assert himself and kind of stymie each run. When they cut it down to 10, he scores a couple baskets. When they cut it down to 9, he comes up with a big assist and then scores a little bit more. Um, but I think he probably wants to see them probably execute a little bit better than he did in the fourth quarter. But I'll still say this. You knew the Heat were going to make a run. You knew they were not just going to go, as Mike Malone said, quietly into the night. The Nuggets adapted and answered, and I think that was big for them. This was their first finals test, and they passed. I got to tell you, I said this on SportsCenter earlier today, the more I watch the Nuggets, and I've been with them now for the majority of this postseason, to me, they look like they're getting better and better every game. Last night was a blueprint of you're going to take something away from us, well, we read the game and we adapt. And we, like, I don't know what else you could do against Nikola Jokic. I mean, he only takes five shots through three quarters. And I get it. He's more of a selfless guy anyways and likes to pass first. But he has 10 assists at halftime, and he's still controlling the game without scoring. I mean, I've only I, – I covered Jason Kidd and the New Jersey Nets when they went to the finals. And last night, 
was like a Jason Kidd game. Jason Kidd used to always try to rack up triple doubles which by shoot, with shooting the, the least amount of shots. And I used to see it all the time, a triple-double with him just taking like five shots. Jokic basically did that last night. And, of course, it's only fitting that the only two guys to have a triple-double in their first NBA Finals game, Jason Kidd and Nikola Jokic. That's great stuff, Om. Really appreciate your time. Follow him on Twitter, at NotoriousOHM. Om Young-Masuk, thanks for hanging out with us. Enjoy the rest of the series, my friend. Thanks, guys. That's Om Young-Masuk, ESPN NBA reporter. You know, there are so many finals going on, so much action going on, that we keep forgetting that this weekend, not only will we have Game 2 of the NBA, but there's another title that will begin its process this weekend. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. This week on Fitz and Harry. Omaha steaks are perfectly aged, always tender. Love that. Here, so I, I got to ask you, Fitz, yeah. is your mouth watering yet? It is. It is. I need all okay, of this. Okay, mine definitely is too. I told you chocolate tastes good, bro. I, well, I love chocolate, but I love peanut butter on chocolate. You making an offer? All right. Nick Friedel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no more awkward way to bring in Nick than that. Are you going to get the Las Vegas Knights tattoo on your ass? The 76ers fired a doc to hire a nurse. Before I was married, you know, nurses are sometimes a little better than doctors. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, <laughs> the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. I mentioned this morning on Get Up, Proverbs 29:18 says, "When there is no vision, the people will perish. If you don't have a vision, you will stand for anything." You gotta have the vision, but you also gotta put the work in. It feels like if it was Fitz versus Harry in a race, sometimes you're just punching outside of your weight class, and that's what it feels like for Miami right now. And <laughs> a baby Zach, that's how I'm dancing. It's White Folk Wednesday, so I'm gonna dance like White Folk today. Stop playing, Fitz. Always tender, love that. This is Fitz and Harry's Love Friday. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Tune in. Game two of the NBA Finals. Sunday night coverage begins 7.30 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm going to be honest with y'all. Harry, I am going to be listening to and watching game two of the NBA Finals. Very intoxicated. From a sports book <laughs> in Las Vegas. Because here's the way it's going to work. I'm taking a red eye back so that I can be back here in Bristol, Connecticut Monday so that we can do the show together. I'm probably going to be a little hungover. There's no doubt about that. Uh, it feels like, so there's this place. I, you know, when you go to Vegas, you go to Vegas, you go fancy. When I go to Vegas, I go to Vegas like the common folk, right? So there's this place up and down the strip. They used to be everywhere. Now there's only a few of them. And it's called Fat Tuesdays, all right? Uh, named after like the New Orleans. And I love Fat Tuesdays. Okay. See, there are a lot of impersonators of Fat Tuesdays up and down the strip that'll be like frozen daiquiri. No, no, get out of there. Fat Tuesdays. And they have this like orange flavored one that has like 151 in it. I don't know what happens. I just know that whenever I get two of those, I always say before I start the second one, man, things about to get weird. So, like, the, the plan on Sunday in the afternoon, I'm going to meet a buddy for lunch. We're going to have a tasty treat of a lunch. And then I'm just going to take down two Fat Tuesdays as quickly as I can, go hit the tables and see what happens until the game starts Sunday night, at which point I will watch it in the sportsbook, Uber to the airport, and fly while I get over whatever's in my system. This is my plan well, the, for Sunday. The, listen, those drinks are dangerous they're very dangerous i remember um a long time ago i went down to miami i was at wet willies right 
and I consumed two Supermans. Man, you talk about the struggle was real, Fitz. The struggle was real. That night, I was like, it was best for me to just go to sleep and try things again the following day. And this is, look, I appreciate that. And that's part of why I'm a little hesitant to try and go to a show Saturday night in Vegas. The game Saturday is at 5 p.m., right? The pregame festivities start at 2 in the afternoon. So I'm going to go to the pregame festivities, which include but are not limited to tattoos. I'm not going to get a Vegas Golden Knights logo tattooed on my body. They, uh, I, I love you, but not that much. I mean, the team should at least send me a bag of, like, free swag before I get a tattoo of their logo. So, like, I, I'm, I'm out on the tattoo. But one thing I think I'm in on is they do, like, face painting and hair coloring. I don't know if I'm going to do the face painting, but I'm definitely going to get my hair gold, right? Like, it feels like golden fits, feels like go, the right mood going well, into uh, the Golden Knights. It's a right move, and also on Monday when we're doing the show, when we're uh, the TV version, I would say, I need to see you with gold hair. I mean, the people you, no, needs to yeah, see you, you with gold wash hair. Your hair. I can't, you can't wash my nope, hair out. Can't wash it. No. Can't I just Sorry. take social media nope. videos? Nope. No. I'll take need... videos of my hair being gold. What if they win? No. And it'd be so great if the Golden Knights win in Game One, and you have golden hair for Monday. Yeah, That'd but then, awesome, like, man. when I get on the flight Sunday, they're going to be like, did you just come from something? No, my hair was just painted yesterday. Just wash your body. Just wash okay. your body. You're fine. You know what? That's, that's all you got to do. This just feels kind of – you guys feel dirty. I feel like this feels dirty. I should shower, but I should take video. Uh, Devin, are you going – Well, don't to- take video of you in the shower. Well, we don't yeah, want that damn video. What are you talking hey, about? Yeah. Fitz and Harry Twitter handle. Just uh, check it out out there. Things are going to get <laughs> really spicy. Uh, no, I, I feel like I'm just going to post – I'm going to send get Devin Get that vanilla video. tootsie roll out of here. Wow, wow. Uh, I, I'm going to send a video to Dev, and Dev will decide if I'm sober enough to, to put it up on social media. I think that's the plan, Yeah, and you right? send me videos, and, and we'll – I'll. I'll Here's what you do. Can I go into the press box with golden hair? That's the other question. I don't know. Y'all are the ones that tell me that I got to be professional. What, someone's going to tell you what color you should have your hair? Oh, see, that's a good call. I'll walk up and be like, I'm sorry. Like, you can't, you you know, I'm a grown-ass man. I can do what I want. I will say go to the press box before you start having drinks. Maybe that's a good decision. Oh, that, no, no, there's no way about that. I'm Uh uh, like, look, I'm going to be out in the concourse area on a 100-degree day in Vegas. You want me to not have a drink before I go in? No, I'm going to have a drink. I'm just... You know, I'm just going to to mask it and then go up to the press box and get the the desserts. I only want the desserts from the press box. Like I want, like there's got to be some cupcakes. Like uh, the Raiders games have a pretty good press box spread. I'm imagining the Golden Knights will also. Although, wait, when I went the other time to the Golden Knights, all they had candy wise was literally or dessert wise was literally candy. They had like skittles and things like that like in a big bowl and you just took them down what do you want like well, an ice cream sundae I don't, i'm not i'm not oh sure man the raiders press box had like cupcakes and cake and ice cream and sundaes and like build Fitz, your own I, Fitz, yeah. I gotta ask you uh-huh. i gotta ask you this though because you've been in college football um stadiums press boxes and stuff a bunch of them yeah the food in a in a press box of a college football game is one million percent different on the low grade side than an NFL game or a hockey game or anything else like that. Oh, yeah. You go into a Raiders game, and the press box is a huge area, and they've got all these catered. They have hamburgers and hot dogs on one side if you just want stadium fare. And then you go to the the area that's like chef, right? And they're going to have like little quiche and little like all sorts of things. You go to a college football game, Harry, you're right. You're like, um, that's definitely. You're you're probably going to get a hot dog. Popcorn. And then. And popcorn, and then I remember it was one. It was I can't remember what place it was. We actually had to pay for the food on our own. Oh, that's amazing! Unbelievable. That is, is amazing. Uh, I I intend to. I'll, I'll go up to the press box early. That's the approach with the gold hair. I will take whatever the candies are, and I will take them down with me to my seat where I will consume them 
with more things being consumed. Uh, if there's ever ever been a reason, uh, at Jason Fitz, at H Douglas eighty three, uh, at Fitz and Harry, follow us on all the social medias because it is going ESPN Radio account. We'll see how much actually makes it to air because I think Devin's going to be a coward and he's gonna he's gonna keep he's gonna tell me that my speech is too slurred to make it out there. Listen, if you send me something, it's going up, babe. Oh, look at that! I just got a babe. Don't be what, scared, what, 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 Dave. What, babe? Just post it. I'm also scared of Candy and Carlin. They're coming up next. Uh, thanks for hanging out with Fitz and Harry. Hopefully, we'll be back Monday on ESPN Radio and the ESPN. <laughs> listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to three Eastern on ESPN radio, and you can watch on the ESPN app.